why don't you just like walk through a little bit about your journey of finding community, maybe what you were doing before that and what led you to getting into the world of community? Yeah, so a couple things I think led me here. First was my degree. I graduated from Miami, Ohio with a bachelor's in strategic communications, so essentially PR, and then minors in entrepreneurship and urban planning. What do those three things have in common? Literally nothing. <laughs> um, so with that, I just kind of found things where I got to use similar muscles that I liked about each of them. Um, I like the urban planning because there's call it like a community roadmap you can build of like what is future state um, look like and where we are today and kind of that evolution. So I like that idea of like building something and that idea of being like entrepreneurship, like, again, it goes to the building, but then it also goes into let's be creative. How can we do X, Y, Z faster how what's the mvp or mmvp as i'll sometimes say like the most most minimum viable product that you can launch um and then the cons part i think just is good to have like you always need to communicate with someone you're always going to have to so for me in a community role it fit really well where i'm communicating regularly with an audience that i care deeply about, which in my current role at Lattice is the HR and people ops space. Uh, from there, first full-time role was actually at a community uh, sales assembly. So I had a few titles during my time there, but I was there for two and a half years. So kind of be actually at a community working there. And then now transitioned into a community of practice um, resources for humans within Lattice. So that's a little bit about me and how I got into community. Nice. Yeah. And so the, the one thing that strikes me, obviously you mentioned in the very beginning, joining sales assembly, doing community there, and now you're at Lattice, which the big difference between both of those two organizations is sales assembly is just like a pure, um, community, right? Yep. And then Lattice is a company yeah. Uh, a SaaS company that is now building a community. And so those are two different things. I'm curious. Um, and I had, um, I had someone from a pavilion yeah. on uh, a couple of episodes ago, uh, Aaron leader. And I had him on mine. You did too. Yeah, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah. Aaron's awesome. <laughs> he is. Uh, He's a great yeah. guy. And so, and it, so uh, just pavilion in general is another one of those like pure play kind of communities. Yep. And um, I love learning about that. That's like a really interesting business model to me. Uh, but I'm really interested, obviously, like how that differs from a company that existed on its own and is now trying to build a community. Um, can you fill me in a little bit on just like the similarities and the differences and how you might approach growing a community for one or the other? Okay. Uh I'll start with the company side and say, first, if you're building a community, you have to make an, one decision. There are going to be multiple, but what does community like look like and mean to your organization? So I kind of talk about this in a few ways. The first two are very common. The third, not so much. When I say it, first, you're either going to build a community of practice which is one for your audience, but it's open to all. 
which is like what we have at Lattice for resources for humans. Um, it's similar to, we call it Sales Hacker so, that uh, Outreach owns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and they're also a community of practice for sales and revenue professionals. Right. Oh, again, owned by a SaaS company, mm -hmm. Outreach. So that's one. Two, community of product, which is one about your product and helping users be better, more active users of it. That's pretty much it. It's pretty mm -hmm. self-explanatory. Third type, I think, dominantly is going out and sponsoring third-party communities. There are mm -hmm. some companies that are notorious and really lean into this model. Um, I'll say such as like, Billy Piper or Alice, um, some other companies do it as well and really lean into it. Others really don't. Mm -hmm. So I think dominantly those are like the three types of community that you'll often see. But equally, I would argue that like being active on social and having a good following, not just the following, but the engagement and the connections between people in your audience resemble something of a community. I mean, that's mm -hmm. how Andrew and I met through marketing Twitter originally. Mm -hmm. And then we started seeing each other again on like LinkedIn. So then we connected there and now I'm on his podcast. Yay! <laughs> exactly. Nice. Okay. And so yeah, I want to break that down. So that was community Shoot. and practice, community and did you say product? Yep. And then sponsorships essentially, right? Yep. What is um, the other thing that jumped out to me? Cause you just mentioned um you just mentioned sales hacker and yeah. in my head like yes there's definitely like a community aspect to that i also think about sales hacker and uh it, it, if i were to slap a label i would almost put media on it yeah. as well is there do you think that community and media are one in the same do you think that there's like a fine line that separates like the pure community companies versus the pure media companies or do they just complement each other really well do you think I think that they complement each other exceptionally well. Um, and I guess for me, it really goes back to knowing your audience and then learning and knowledge sharing. Mm -hmm. That's then, pretty much like a very core, in my belief, a tenet of a successful community is some sort of knowledge sharing and learning. And so I think that if you're spending the time and effort to create content, hopefully it's good, relevant to your audience, all those kinds of things, then inherently there's going to be people who are regularly attending your events, regularly reading your newsletter, regularly going to your site and checking out the articles. From there, it's pretty, in my opinion, smart play if you're going to add on a community to that because they're already actively engaged with you now there there's now this new opportunity really to to i guess like facilitate is probably the best word like a meaningful connection between other what once were audience members and now become community members because they're absorbing content but now they're they almost like are creating the content in the community of, hey, I'm trying to solve X, Y, Z. How are other members of X, of like QRS community, uh -huh. um, like doing it? Yes. So 
so, so the other thing that I'm thinking about too, like um, Lattice specifically. So yeah. you mentioned that you are working with Lattice right now. You're building mm-hmm. out the community. Is the community resources for humans or is resources for humans like a, a specific program in the community? Can you define that a little bit? Yeah. So that's a good question. Uh, it's the name of the community for sure. Okay. Got it. But then there's equally the other part of we also describe it as resource, resources for humans encompasses our community ecosystem. So things that fall underneath that umbrella are one, our Slack channel, resources for humans, two, job board for HR and people ops roles submitted by members of the community newsletter i heart humans literally a heart emoji um, is in the name and then a handful of other things as well um so it really creates this ecosystem around the community for almost anything that they really hopefully need and more as we continue to build out new benefits and content and value added perks or whatever else you kind of want to call them for our HR and people ops audience in it. And so is this something that you like, since you've joined, which you joined semi recently. Yeah. So is this something that like you are starting to build like from the ground up, or is this something that you are trying to optimize since you joined Lattice? Yeah. So all the credit has to go pretty much to Grace Chung, social and community manager at Lattice. She's been there for a little over two years now. And so she's really done, I'll say 99.559, so much <laughs> a lot of, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it. I'm just coming in to help really like optimize some things and help us scale it. Um, add new things two people is always better than one when you're looking to build something so we're in it together okay so i'm looking at lattice's employee headcount two years ago it was 195 people today it's gonna trust you on that yeah it's well i'm looking at (laughs) don't close me (laughs) i'm looking at linkedin insight so everyone okay yeah yeah we'll we'll blame linkedin um today it says 684 Two years ago, 195. 195 yeah. people. Number one, there's that's a lot of growth for a couple of years. So big yeah. kudos to Lattice. Number two, from your perspective, do you think that starting to build a community comes at a specific stage in a company's life, or does it really matter? You can start it kind of at any point in the in the company's maturity. I'll say ideally earlier than later. Yeah. I'll I'd equally say that especially if you go with the option of sponsorships of third-party communities. Hope you have a lot of money to spend on it. Yeah. Um, because it's just part of the process. Instead of like you spending the money and doing things like your way, mm-hmm. you're paying for something that's been built mm-hmm. and getting access and in front of that audience regularly, hopefully through your sponsorship, either year-long contract or whatever, like a la carte, building of your sponsorship agreement right. you're done um if you're going for like an owned community product or practice um like i said i'd probably go sooner than later but equally it depends unfortunately like i know it's one of those like want, kind of like, funky questions you know like uh, it kind of depends on like your thing but at the very least it sounds yeah. like kind of what you're getting at is 
start like i guess okay so if you're an earlier stage company a couple there's a couple of different avenues that you can go um you can always start a community like you mentioned better sooner rather than later that's something that you can start to invest in but the very least you can also take advantage of communities that have already been built potentially sponsor events that they're putting on i've seen some communities where um, companies sponsor different channels um and they can almost act as like a moderator over time i know that for example um, I'm a member of the Prog Marketing Alliance and yeah. in the competitive Intel channel, um, CRAN, which is one of the yeah. competitive intelligence tools, uh, or vendors, you know, they, they sponsor that channel. And so, you know, for a lot of, you know, different questions or events, like they kind of are able to moderate the conversation that goes on there. Um, but in either case, so I'm imagining if I'm like a startup leader and I'm trying to figure out how I want to invest in community those are kind of the two avenues that I can go down and I don't really have to pick one or the other. It's just like, I can kind of start investing in both and try to see what works best. Yeah. I mean, I think you can do that way. Um, I would say possibly kind of similar to a community of product is like a customer community too. Um, Sometimes a customer community will also be a little bit of both product and practice. But if you have customers, especially like those early 10, those early 50, those initial 100, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Um, It could also be a really great way for you just to like learn your customers better. Yeah. Their pains. Like I personally am more of a fan of like owning your community than for lack of a better word, renting your community. Yeah. but at the same time, there's value to both. And I know companies that are very successful with both strategies. So yeah, there's I think a, you just have to lean into whatever works best for you. Yeah, there's a company in the sales engagement space called Lemlist. And so just kind of a competitor to outreach sales loft, um, but more on like the SMB startup side of things. Okay. And um, on the how to win episode where um, uh, their founders being interviewed, they're talking about one of their competitive advantages is actually like they have just a fantastic customer community where they submit different like templates that they've been using for different email sequences. And they're able to kind of like share that amongst like other customers. They're able to share best practices. That's kind of where they submit different feature requests and things like that. And so that's just another kind of a thing that I've been thinking about throughout, like as we've been talking more about like this, like startup kind of community aspect like it's 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 definitely one of those things that like you can use as uh as a competitive advantage compared to some of these other like larger companies that might not have figured out community quite yet definitely i think going on top of that is even saying okay great you all have a community but then like the reason why it can work especially so early if you're a young company then also becomes like people want to feel connected to like a movement. And I love this. I'm stealing it a little bit from a conversation I had on my show with a guest, but it hasn't dropped yet. So I'm not going to share too much. <laughs> Ooh, you um, got me on the edge of my seat, Joel. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Um, it's okay. But it's something that like they kind of went through too is in our learning as they've continued to grow and scale their community is that like people care about not just the product and like the value that they get like at work to do their job 
from it, especially in a B2B environment, but also like the fact of like, are you being an innovator? Are you being like a leader? Perfect example of this is from my episode with Scott Barker over at Outreach. We were talking about Sales Hacker Outreach and they have this like persona that they've kind of developed and called the revenue innovator. And so through this, they know as like someone's on this journey, of course, there's content and media that they're going to consume, which is great for sales hacker. That's the media part. And then there's also a community so people can ask questions no matter what tool or platform you're using. And then the best part is, is that hopefully on their journey, as they become a revenue innovator in their work, that then this little sliver of the journey is a tool. And that's where outreach comes in, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why like that idea of whether it's a revenue innovator in the case for outreach or whatever kind of fictitious title or persona you want to create, people are bought into that feeling and belief of like, they want to be like that. That thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have a, do you have one of those for resources for humans? Uh, I won't say that it's so much like defined by a persona or thing like that, but there's definitely some things that we firmly believe in. Um, I believe that come through in our community, but that also come through from the point of bringing almost like lattice values into how we build the community and how the community is really built too. Um, one example is how our community guidelines or code of conduct are actually built in conjunction with members very early. Like when it, they were being developed, like they were developed with members. So it's not just something that we put into practice. It's something that members explicitly said that they did not want in our community. And this is how people should conduct themselves in the community too. So I think I it's, that. and it's public too. It's right yeah. on the website when you sign up for, or like apply to be a member of the community. So it's kind of that upfront contract that you're essentially signing by saying you want to fill out the form, great, but equally, this is how we all act and you're expected to act and engage in a meaningful, polite, respectful way that's been co-built with community members. Yeah, like crowdsourcing almost the, uh, the, the code of conduct. I, I love that. And I, cause especially too, because... I've had experiences where I'm in a community setting and maybe it started out one way and then the community just kind of like morphed into something else. You know, it could have been six months later, a year later, like as the, as the community grew or the organization that owned the community grew and without those kind of guidelines in place, I feel like it really risks screwing up what made the community great in the first place, which actually it, it brings, this is a great segment or segue into my next question. So what are some of your favorite communities that you're, uh, that you're a member of and what specifically do you think that they do well? Ooh, okay. I'll start with Pavilion. Okay. So I like Pavilion for a handful of things. First, I love that they use Guru. I'm going to do a shameless plug for them. Get Guru. Yeah. Uh, it's like a wiki type platform and I love it because it just makes searching and finding answers to questions 
super easy for everyone. You don't have to leave Slack. Um, and on top of that, it's nice because the answers aren't just from like unknown, unnamed people. It's from community members. So it's kind of crowdsourced in that regard. Nice. And I like that, especially I'm again, going to steal something from my episode with Scott of, I like that idea of like learning from people who've quote unquote been there, done that. Yes. And I'm a big believer in that. There are of course, like I believe firmly that there are some things that you just don't want to go down. And those people have gone down roads and they know some of those big potholes and accidents with the flashing lights and blinkers and everything for you to avoid. Yes, you may make like your own hit a pothole or thing, but you're not going to blow your tire and roll down a hill, mm -hmm. hopefully. So I'm a big believer in that. So love Guru. I also really appreciate their wide range of programming in terms of events, both one-off and through their university. And as part of the university programs, often they have cohorts attached to it. So I appreciate the fact of like, you're getting to know people who aren't just in your class, but you're meeting them regularly. You're talking to them. You're really getting a sense of like who they are their unique point of view on topics. Um, and it made at least the class that I just completed through Pavilion University much more impactful. Mm. So those are some things. Um, other communities, honestly, I'd probably say like LinkedIn and Twitter, I feel like is the community to me. It is. Like I make yeah. genuine connections through both those platforms, whether it's on topics related to like, HR and people success things coming from my role at Lattice, whether it's things around community, because I have a podcast on community led growth and I have, am in a community role, have been in a community role, um, or just other random connections and conversations. I love it. So I think that if you're a good person and you're generally genuinely on those platforms to be a good person and learn and be helpful to others, comes right back to you yeah yeah it's one of those things where you kind of get what you put in into it or you get Definitely. out what you put into it um Definitely. so yeah i couldn't agree more what uh so i i didn't mention this in the in the very beginning of the podcast um because i don't do intros but it is very important for people to know that you host a really awesome podcast called the community-led podcast or the community-led show right Community, community led growth show. Community led growth show. Darn it. Sorry about so that. So close. It's okay. So close. Um, I have listened to a few episodes and they're all really, really good. Who? Um, now I'm curious. I need well, feedback. Well, I listened to the one with Aaron Leader and yep. uh, that one was really good. I listened to the one with Scott Barker. That one's really good as well. Um, my favorites. <laughs> the next the next one is the HubSpot one. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. With Christina. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And so um, definitely looking forward to, to listening to that one. Was this something that you just wanted to kind of start because you, you wanted to learn more about community or walk me through a little bit of um, the inception of, of yeah. your show? <laughs> so how it happened, story. Um, it happened, honestly, because I was approached about being an advisor at Charla a community tech platform. And as part of my advisor role, they wanted to launch a podcast as part of their go-to-market strategy. And because I had been in a community role um, and I knew one of the 
people involved in the company very well. They thought I'd be a great fit to host a podcast on community-led growth. Um, and so a few weeks of talking and here we are. Um, I started the first recording, I think in like October of 2021. And now we're in May of 2022 and 31 episodes have been recorded. 29 are live. I'm looking at them now. On, I'm looking on uh, Spotify. I, I totally missed that you had a uh, Caroline from Zoom Info on there. My yeah. old buddy from Zoom Info. Caroline's awesome. Caroline is definitely awesome. So we've, it's 28 or 29, something like that. Got it. Nice. Um, season two is pretty much built out already. <laughs> um, only have a few spots less left. So any community people listening, there are a few spots reach out via LinkedIn DMs. It's honestly the best way to get a hold of me because no one does. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. Um, I'm curious. So Joel, yeah. like with through with your with the podcast, are most people running community fairly similarly, or are people kind of still doing their own thing, their own interpretation of what community is? Because my opinion, community is still very new. There's this concept of community within a company. I think it's really having a moment. And I think it's still new enough to where we're in this really cool phase of there is no real quote unquote right way of doing it. And that there could be a lot of experimentation with it. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, best because you almost put out 30 uh, podcast episodes. So I'm curious, just uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I say that it's definitely an experimentation phase everybody's trying new things trying to figure out engagement trying to figure out great experiences um don't get don't start talking to community people about measuring the impact of it because there are a lot of ways to do that i subscribe to the way mostly of remco from inside a community tech platform that was recently acquired by gainsight wait what was it uh, again Incited during my episode with Remco DeVries. Um, We discuss how he and the Inside team uh, measure and the impact of community, as well as other ways that customers of Inside before their acquisition by Gainsight um, measure the ROI of community. So I typically subscribe to like the ones that we talk about in that episode, but there are plenty of ways to measure it. Depends on your goals um, and what it rolls up to. I would also say that while there's a ton of things going on that are positive, there are definitely some very clear ways of how not to build community. Biggest one I'll say is don't have members just join and then pitch them all day. Mm the fastest way to kill your community do people really do that still uh not in the ones i'm in none (laughs) but i'm sure that they exist somewhere yeah somewhere somewhere out there there's a lot of communities going on so somewhere i do believe that that is probably happening still yeah and those members are dropping off yeah very quickly right they learn quickly, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm looking at this okay. uh, this podcast episode with with Insighted now. I'll definitely take a look yeah. at that one because uh, I'm sure I was about to say there's definitely um, with most of the episodes that I I dig into, I always try to like figure out okay, how are you? Uh, what are the metrics that you typically report on? Um, 
And so that like it sounds like that's going to be a pretty good um, episode episode for folks to learn a little bit more about that. I'm, I'm imagining a lot of it has to do with like um, community engagement. Um, is there a way that like you not would... so much? Oh, really? Not so much? Yeah. What, yeah. What, what, uh, so in the episode with Remco, uh, the three that we dominantly discuss are one new logos, so ARR growth. Um, oh, experience. so that'd be in the case of there not being a of a, of it not being a customer specific community, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. that's one of like practice. Okay, got new it. New customers. Okay. Um, and I will. I personally also lean more towards the community of practice because you can have customers and non-customers in the same That's space. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so with that, then it also allows for um, NRR growth, net dollar or net revenue retention, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so that also kind of ties to like satisfaction of the customer because if they're not happy, they're likely going to turn just the nature of the game in SaaS. And then the third is product usage. Okay. So they, and it's something interesting that I'll highlight from that conversation with Remco, especially around product usage, is that they've figured, they've learned that for features that are co-created with their community, they actually see higher adoption, especially initially than features that were not co-created. Okay. Interesting. So... I think that like those things, and I'm specifically also a big fan of them because those things roll up to metrics that people in the VP level C-suite and board care about. Therefore, it helps you as a community professional or marketer, CS person, product, wherever it lands and sits within your company, have a greater seat at the table because you're rolling up and impacting directly a goal that people at that level care about. And therefore you do have a stronger chance of impacting and getting budget, whether it's for tools, whether it's for people, whether it's for whatever else you need to create a great experience. Mm -hmm. Like you have a seat at the table now. So impacting things that higher level people in your organization care about will always be a win in my book. Yeah. That's really I, like I honestly hadn't even thought about like a joint community of um, of customers and non-customers. That's is what that, we have. It, it, oh, with Lattice, it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. How, how did so? When that happens, then like, how do you separate? Like, do you have like new feature announcements and you only share nope. like with the customers, or, or what do you mean now? Oh no! Like almost nothing in the community is about lattice oh okay like lattice only only comes up in a few circumstances that i've seen in my two months so So, you'll really only talk about like just like the role itself that you're trying to serve or yeah i mean lattice comes up in one when someone asks a question about it whether it's like hey i'm looking for a platform to do xyz people in the community say oh we use lattice we use another vendor for it mm-hmm. that's one instance other dominant instance is hey lettuce for example just dropped season or is dropping currently the episodes for season three of our all hands podcast and so we did an announcement of that in the community 
but it's also beneficial and a value add. So it's not like lattice in your face, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's more of like, here's something that may be helpful to you because we're having conversations with people who are HR, people ops, culture leaders at companies that we believe you would find beneficial and valuable. Okay. And then so, but you also mentioned, right, you have multiple, um, like you you mentioned that you have the newsletter, you have the job board, you have the actual Slack channel. Is there one of those arms where you treat like with more like, uh, I don't know, where you talk a little bit more about Lattice or is it like just straight up, like all very equal in terms of not talking about the company or the product as much? Yeah, no. Really? Yep. That's, but that's like also something that's been very core to the community and our code of conduct is this idea of no selling or no soliciting. And that equally then goes back to Lattice itself Mm. of it really is a safe space for HR and people ops professionals to navigate this new world of work together. And with that, that does not leave room and that does not include Lattice pitching Lattice. Um, There are very few members of the Lattice team actually in the community. No one we don't allow sales pitching, whether it's from sales professionals at Lattice or sales professionals just at other HR tech companies or people who sell into HR, none of it. It's very, we are very strict on that. Nice. So, and that's just, it's what our members want. And there's equally a way to, for members to self-report posts and such that they believe is breaking that rule. So. Right. Okay. Last question and then we'll wrap Shoot. up. So do you also have growth goals in terms of uh, community members? Like, like, okay. So I'm going to throw out random number. Say you're at 500 yeah. community members right now. Are you like, okay, I want to get to 600 by the end of the month. Is that something that that Lattice does? Uh, yeah, we have growth goals. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you, so is it just, so that's, that's the part where I'm always a little bit confused on. So like, how, how do you go about grow is it just like promoting the community then outside is it about trying to get community members to recruit more people to join the community or like what's the thing that like typically helps communities grow the most well i'd say that there's not really like one right way that i've seen but i'll at least say for a and the way i kind of talk about it here at lattice is that our community is one of practice and it's both for customers and non-customers. So if you talk about it like ARR growth in any business or especially SaaS, I should say, um, you can either get new logos, which when I say that in relation to community growth, I mean new members from just out in the world, or you can hit customers who are your NRR growth or expansion opportunities that then feed into your ARR. Right. And because hopefully you, they already have a positive impression and love working with you and want to learn and grow professionally too, then that's an avenue for communities to grow. Um, so for us, we grow both ways. Um, as well as like members referring members. There are definitely times where you'll see, oh, like a lot of people from one company just joined. We'll see that, or at least I'll see that, especially in like our weekly um, 
batch of like applications that I review. So yeah, but I would say a lot of it is honestly that almost like outbound or unknown kind of group. Um, We have customers joining, of course, but the dominant group is really that like other kind of out there and are just like looking for a space to ask questions, learn with their peers and have a good positive experience with. And that's why our community grows, has grown so swiftly over the years. Nice. Joel, this was a really, really awesome conversation for me. I, like I mentioned, I'm, I feel like most of my episodes at this point, and so I, your episode 13, hey. and most of my episodes have actually, even though they haven't all been about community, they touch on community at some point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was very enlightening for me. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you, the community-led growth show, or Lattice? Yeah, so... Uh, they're both on my Twitter and LinkedIn. So whichever one floats your boat, uh, on LinkedIn, it's just Joel Premack. I'm sure it'll be hyperlinked or shared with the episode. And then on Twitter, it's jpremack25, I believe. And if it's not, just go search the community leg growth show. You'll find all my episodes that way. And then you'll see me. I have a little lion emoji next to my name. Um, on Twitter. So yeah, that's really where. And then I have Lattice and the show um, all hyperlinked from both accounts. So yeah, pretty open. Reach out and hope to have a good conversation with you all. Nice. Really appreciate you joining the conversation, Joel. 